Welcome to Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast for every type of runner, with Sean Sobon and Russell the Runner. Run wild. I love the chase and the hunt, and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want, and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank, no, I'm funded. Play the game like it's nothing. I'm always thankful for something. Don't take for granted, stay humble. Now wake up! It's time to look at the enemy. Look in the mirror, if he is no friend of me. It's not working out, maybe it's the chemistry. It's time to break up so I can make a better me. Better believe in your mind, cause it's everything. You can hold shape, find almost anything. All it takes is some time and some clarity to find your identity. It's mind over everything. All right, everybody, welcome to Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast with Sean Sobon and Russell the Runner. This is our first show of 2023, and we've made a few changes around here. Russell, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thanks, Sean. How are you? <laughs> Happy 2023. I, yeah, likewise, man. I'm doing great. Uh, you just heard our new intro for the very first time, so this is like your first reaction. What do you think, man? I did. That is incredible. That has a nice application of our beautiful sport with the actual running in it. I love the music. It's intense and it, in my mind, it it gets our amazing audience and I would say ourselves passionate about going out for a run. Thanks, man. Yeah, I I think so. The, uh, the the lyrics to the song kind of resonate with me especially you know they can they can absolutely apply to running they talk about you know mind over every everything and kind of you know looking in the mirror and making the changes and and you know defying the odds and being the person you want to be and i think through all of our running journeys we're doing that right sometimes it's a struggle sometimes we have these goals we're out of shape and we're trying to get to to something that we have an image of in our mind of where we want to be or overcome challenges and push our limits like you're constantly doing yourself, Russell. So um, I think it was very fitting. So I'm I'm glad you like it, man. I hope the audience likes it as well. I'm confident that the audience will love it. And I mean, it's, it's a fantastic opening to, yeah, just a, a great new opening and closing to our podcast and yeah, that's some amazing creativity by you, Sean, and creating it. Thanks, man. Yeah, I sat down last night at my computer around, oh, it must have been maybe 9.45 p.m., and I think I got to bed by 1. Once I get going on that stuff, I just I just keep going, right? So had to kind of go through all this type of music and pick something that worked and then kind of, you know, all the footsteps and all that other stuff added to that. And I love it. I love doing kind of that sound editing and you know i'm not a professional by any means it's a hobby it's a passion so um yeah and i thought you know it's just time for a refresh for us you've been on the show and a great addition to it and you're here to stay and i wanted to have something that was ours together you know what i mean and that couldn't make me happier and it it's more than a a hobby for you clearly it's you're talented (laughs) at it Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I mean, you know, we all we all kind of have the things that we like to do, and it's important to not pigeonhole pigeonhole yourself into one thing, right? For sure. It's, yeah. Yeah. Just trying to find ways to make new, engaging content for our amazing audience. Absolutely. 
So, Russell, you're out in British Columbia, back in Prince George, but you were here in Ontario in Kawartha Lakes for a little while, visiting family over the holidays. Sadly, I didn't get to see you because I was working, and then my Christmas holiday happened to be on the day that you were running, and I know those things got changed. It's that time of year. It is that time of year, man, and, and you know, weather can kind of play a role too. But uh, So you started off your year, January 1st, with – what you're hoping or what you're planning on being was a 60k ultra and you got some bonus miles in there so you ran just over 70 kilometers was it 70 kilometers so yeah nice. a couple of friends from the Halliburton Forest Ultra community who was with Crystal, you let's give them a shout out Crystal Lebatron and David Vardy two wonderful human beings beautiful human beings we met at Fenelon Falls Beach Park, New Year's Day, bright and early, 8.30 a.m. And we had the goal of running a 60-kilometer ultra. And so we're just getting things ready. Well, David was getting things ready from his car. I had been dropped off. I was ready to go. And then Crystal pulls in, and, and then there we were, ready to start our New Year's Day ultra journey from Fenelon Falls to Kinmount and back. That's awesome, man. I, I saw your uh, route on Strava. So there were some road running portions as well, I guess. But how were how were the conditions? Did you have a lot of snow to deal with? Were, you know, like on the rail trail, did they have it groomed? Because I know snowmobiles will use that as well. Or were you kind of, you know, punching through the heavy snow? The rail trail conditions weren't ideal whatsoever. Out of the, so from... Fenelon Falls to Kin Mountain back is 60 kilometers. And so based on that, Crystal, unfortunately, has dealt with uh, an, an Achilles problem before. Mm. And David very much preferred to run on smooth road rather than the just the slushy and at times very much so most of the time, actually, on the rail trail post tolling just a little bit into yeah. snow and so that was nearly half of it and so out of consideration for crystal's achilles as well as david just preferred the road from that we decided to get off of the rail trail when we could and take roads up to kinmount and back to fenelon falls which added an extra 10 kilometers taking different roads so that's how it went from a 60k goal to a 70k journey well, I'm, I'm sure you know ultra runners like yourselves weren't uh too worried or too upset about getting some extra miles in eh? definitely not we embraced it we were happy about it and literally from that we yeah we just said it's a longer day and it's a more fun day from that absolutely so um, you know, it's all, it's always fun getting out there and when you're with your friends, you know, what's another 10 kilometers between friends? <laughs> exactly. And actually it, it's interesting. Yesterday I did a 13 kilometer run on the treadmill and it felt longer mainly because I mean, obviously it's a treadmill and also I actually had an apple and, and peanut butter that just wasn't sitting well during that treadmill run. So it's interesting. I know that adventure it was decently long but it actually in ways because the company was so amazing and we were forging through snow together and and the roads together from one community to another and back that it felt short in ways 
Yeah, it, you know what? It's it's a great uh, distraction when you have friends with you. You don't really notice you're running, or when you kind of get close to the pain cave or whatever. It's uh, you know, it it helps you through as opposed to being on the treadmill where you get the same scenery. You may have a, a movie screen in front of you or whatever. Like when I'm on the treadmill, I always try to watch something to distract yeah. myself. But it's I call it the dreadmill sometimes. But don't get me wrong. I, I it's it's a great tool and there are treadmill runs that I absolutely love and I don't mind doing it right. So it all depends on, on where your head's at and what you're kind of craving, you know. So I'm pretty excited now. I'm in the in the beginning stages of the Iron Paws stage race, which is a can across race, kind of a virtual thing that uh is held by Iron Paws Factory. I'm not sure exactly where they're located, but um, you know it consists of uh, harness dog sports, anything from mushing to ski joring to can across, which is what I'm doing. Um, you can kind of get out with friends and stuff, and it's it's great because it's the peak season for for running with my dogs. And you know, kind of segueing into into our topic for today is is running in the snow. You know, we're a few weeks into official winter here in Canada, and I guess most of the, most other places in the world, unless you're down and down under in Australia, you're in the peak of summer, I guess, which still blows my mind. But anyways, where we live, it's winter time now, and we're going to talk about um, some tips for running in the snow. And we're going to be referencing an article from uh, runningmagazine.ca, uh, trail running. And uh, the article is written by Tori Schultz, and it was actually published online uh, December 17th, 2018. So, you know, before we kind of get into the article, um, obviously when winter's here, you know, some of the, the takeaways, I guess, for everybody are to, you know, kind of dress in layers and, and have, you know, proper footwear on. And I don't know about you, but for me, I hate starting off a run cold. So typically I will overdress because I just don't want to be cold for that, the first few kilometers before my body warms up and then I get hot and I take off my layers and it's fine. Sometimes I have to, um, you know, a little bit extra bulk on me to carry around, but, uh, you know, one of those things I thought about overcoming is just kind of doing a bit of a warm up in the home, get my body going before I step outside. But I'm always just ready to go run. So I don't <laughs> I've never done that, even though I know I should. But uh, what about yourself? What are your kind of your go to's for running in, in the snow or in the winter? My first thought is mental fortitude. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, in ultra running, we're always looking to push and enhance our mental fortitude as much as possible. Clearly, that happened through my 170 kilometer journey so based on that the snow i literally just take the parallel of a long journey even though it's during the summer and and you have so much mental fortitude gained from that as as ultra runners in general we have strong mental fortitude but i mean even if you're a, a shorter distance runner and you're running quickly i mean you have mental fortitude in different ways so my first tip for getting out in the snow would be to have mental fortitude and 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 also to embrace the challenge which relates to the mental fortitude of being in the snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 not for everybody, but as a runner, you kind of look at it as a challenge, like you just said, because it's like, okay, I I hear you, Mother Nature, you're throwing down some some stuff on the ground, but you know what? I can, I can overcome that. I can deal with it. Right. It's, it's like, is that all you got? <laughs> you know, but uh, bring it on. Absolutely. I, you can always, you can always overcome it. And, and literally, even if it comes down to making a competition between the conditions and you see yourself through and, and let yourself win versus the conditions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, Russell, 
as trail runners, we're used to running on dirt and snow is a lot different than dirt. It's not just white dirt. It's, it's different, right? It has different textures, um, different properties. Um, you know, as, as Tori writes, as trail runners, our first love is dirt. We can talk about it endlessly and run on it forever. However, trail running on dirt in Canada isn't always available. Uh, and since Canadian weather can be unpredictable, trail runners need to know how to prepare for the white stuff. When snow hits the trails, Tori says, we can look like an awkward and confused deer uh, at its first high school dance. So when the trail conditions call for snow, uh, Tori offers some not so slippery steps to make the most of our runs. Um, I, I think, you know, that's, that's a pretty good introduction. So the first, the first uh, tip here um, is to assess the snow. So, you know, snow has all these different types of qualities. You can have heavy, wet snow. You can have, you know, light, fluffy snow. Uh, it's, it almost reminds me of, you know, uh, that scene in Forrest Gump where it's like, you know, there was stinger rain, there was big rain, there was sideways rain. He's talking about all the different types of rain. And that's what kind of reminds me of different snow, right? So uh, Tori goes on to say, like trail running, snow has its own dictionary. It can be fresh, packed, icy. It can be a dusting, slushy or dry. On the West Coast where you are, it could be uh, referred to as snowcrete, which I've never heard before. And in the Rockies, it's champagne powder. Tori says that we need to embrace the skier mentality and learn to know the snow. Tori's got some great dialogue there. I'm blown away by some of the terminology he's come up with there and is mentioning. And it, it all makes perfect sense. It's no matter the type. So depending on where you are in the country, no matter the type of snow you're dealing with whether it's yeah any of the examples he mentioned it's it's important to enjoy it for what it is because the conditions are what they are and we should try to embrace them and find the beauty in them as much as we can it's true and you know it's i've often had people ask me you know do you run in, in like waterproof shoes or, or things like that and typically i don't um and, and I was asked like, well, don't your feet get soaked? And I'm like, oh, well, no, not really. And I'm thinking about it. It's usually when I'm running in the snow that's that's considered dry snow or fluffy snow, as long as my feet, as long as I keep moving, I don't give the snow an opportunity to melt on my feet, they're going to stay dry, right? It's, it's usually when you get into that slushy stuff or the puddles and all that wet stuff, you get a soaking, right? But I find typically my feet don't get wet. If I, if I get home and then once I stop moving, you know, I can, maybe my socks will be wet or whatever, but, but typically regular trail shoes do it for me. I don't, I don't get soaked unless, you know, it's the slushy conditions. What about yourself? Do you, do you use waterproof shoes in the winter? Do you have like a specific set of shoes for snow running? So I know that, so there's two shoes that I want to talk about. So obviously we've done our shoe review for the respective shoes we, we got from on. Yeah. Which and we got our hundred, hundred Ks. 100k reviews coming up i know yes, you've probably do, blown over 100 great. kilometers i'm almost there so <laughs> definitely patient. yeah i had a 56 kilometer ultra around a track in them so yeah yeah reach that quick quickly so uh they they're actually they're the cloud five waterproof shoes i've yet to use them in waterproof conditions but i just wanted <laughs> to mention that i have them so that later on once i do use them in water or rainy conditions then I'm looking forward to seeing how effective they are. 
But yeah. that being said, so the 70 kilometer New Year's Day journey, Fennelin Falls Kinmount connection. I used my so one of my trail shoes, the Solomon Ultra Glides. Yeah. And they were great. They even though so it had rained, it there was some rain a few days leading up to that journey. Yeah. So and they fared well in those conditions. So I would recommend, I mean, so they're a trail shoe, the Solomon Ultra Glides. And so you, you mentioned trail shoes as well, Sean. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I would think that trail shoes just work well in those types of conditions. Cool. How would, how would you um, describe the snow that you had for the, for the New Year's Day Ultra? So, I mean, the vast majority of it was post holing, but there was a few slushy areas for yeah. sure in which the Solomon Ultra Glide specifically held up well, but the vast majority of the rail trail was, I'd say each step took a, a half a second longer because we had to dig our shoes out of just slight post holing. Yeah. Yeah. It's about four days ago. I went out with my dogs on the rail trail we have here. I don't know if it has a specific name. It's like Shelburne to Owen Sound rail trail or whatever. Anyhow, I was going South on it and over the Christmas holiday, we had a huge blizzard here. Like an, uh, it was relentless wind. I had to work through it. An ambulance got stuck like three times. Ambulance were getting stuck every time we went on a call. It was insane. I've never worked a shift like that. I've never experienced the blizzard like that in my life. Like yeah. whiteout conditions, like couldn't see past your windshield. It was just blowing snow relentlessly. And, um, you know, that result in a lot of snow drifts and things like that, which was causing problems for the cars. But um, we had a pretty good accumulation, I think 30, about a foot, 30 centimeters or so. Anyhow, after that, we had this huge, like warm streak, nine, 10 degrees, 11 degrees Celsius, everything melted pretty fast over, over a period of two or three days. So I was out in the rail trail and it was gravel. And then I made it to one section and it was just, it was a, a solid line. There was gravel and then all of a sudden snow. So I've said, oh, cool. snow!" like me and my dogs love running in the snow. So uh, we were out there and we were post holing. I took about maybe 10 steps. I'm like, I'm not doing this. We're turning right around. It was, it was just too much. Like every step I went into, you know, it was just right down and it was, it was pretty deep snow too. So I'm like, forget it. I'm not going to get hurt. So we turned around and it was, it was unexpected though, to see that snow after having just dry Well, it was wet. Right. But it was just gravel conditions. So we kind of, kind of touched on footwear here, Tori, uh, step number two says that, you know, footwear depends on the snow conditions, which we kind of touched on. If the snow is fresh and somewhat soft, um, Tori says regular road or trail shoe will suffice. I'm not so sure about the road shoe aspects of it. I think that, um, you know, if it is soft, I, I just don't know. For me, I'm, I'm more comfortable using a trail shoe on the snow. I have run with my road shoes in the snow and I just, I don't feel as secure if that makes sense. So. I, I, I can appreciate your analysis there. I, I know that I've typically used my trail shoes in the snow yeah. because they're effective in the snow from what I've seen. Yeah. I know my first winter of running, I used the Nike Pegasus 36 road shoe. So, I mean, it also depends on the road shoe, perhaps some road shoes are specifically created for snow conditions. It's possible. Yeah. We'd have to do research on that. But 
I know my Nike Pegasus 36 road shoes through the snow. They, they were a light compact shoe intended for speed. And so they just ended up soaked or just super cold. So in my mind, it would be important to have a road shoe that, that certainly has some elements in order. It shouldn't be light and compact in order for it to not get wet so easily in the snow trail shoes are certainly just generally speaking trail shoes would be built generally better for the snow i'd say so yeah they just have those qualities that you're looking for um sure some great advice too uh that tori states and, and i gotta give the shout out to victor blanco as well because uh i got a story about this but he suggests that you know if you've got icy conditions which can certainly happen um you know they recommend things like yak tracks or uh katula spikes over any kind of running shoes. So funny story, this was maybe two springs ago. Um, so a lot of the snow had melted, but we were going on a, on a trail run at Hockley Valley with Victor and, and his group of runners where we run uh, together, you know, four times a year or so. And uh, he had recommended, bring your, bring your trail spikes, bring your ice spikes with you just in case we have icy conditions. And he, he had communicated through email, he said it several times. I had my ice spikes in the car, but I didn't use them. And the ones I got actually got from Victor. I can't remember the name of them now, but they're essentially tin roof screws, right? That you screw into the to the lugs of your shoes to give you that that traction on the ice. They That's work amazing. Really, they work really well, only because I've seen Victor use them. I haven't used them yet. They're still uh, virgin spikes, if you will. Um, anyway, so everybody at one point during the run had fallen. It was more of a hike than a run because it was so icy and Hockley Valley's very hilly as well, right? So we had to do a lot of off-trail running just to be able to make it up up the hills and down safely. There were a few times people slid on their bums down the trail. We had tons of fun. We were all laughing and giggling. Nobody got hurt, but uh, ice spikes are definitely a good thing. And Victor did have them. He's the only one that managed to stay up on his feet. So um, yeah, I, I've never really thought about that uh, before in terms of, you know, running on icy conditions. So it, the nice thing about it is it would make you know, normally uh, conditions that are not runnable, runnable for you. So you don't have to miss out on, on getting out on the trails if that's something you want to do, right? Most definitely. No excuses. Absolutely. Get on out there. And yeah, there's based on that, there's a shoe for every type of condition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, point three that Tori suggests is forget about the pace. Running in snow can feel more challenging. It usually requires greater effort than running on either roads or trails. Uh, trail runners are more likely to run by effort rather than pace anyway. Uh, snow running is another opportunity to forget about pace uh, as the roads and trails look different. Um, I know when I'm out there in the snow and you've got a fresh fallen snow, it, it makes it feel like you're in a storybook. Everything's just pristine and white and the trees like are, are covered in snow. And one thing I really love about running in the snow is seeing all the critter tracks. You don't get to see that in the summertime, right? Like you see the, the deer tracks, maybe the coyote tracks, or even the little mouse, mouse tracks running across the snow, eh? I don't know, like for me, that's one of my favorite things about running in the, in the snow in the winter time. And yeah, I don't necessarily worry about my pace when I'm out there, I just kind of run to the conditions, right? Definitely. I mean, viewing winter as a magic winter wonderland and feeling at peace in the serene white snow is wonderful. 
And based on that, I, I agree with Tori's thoughts there that certainly pace shouldn't matter given how the conditions are different and getting out there at all is a win. So yeah. just getting out there and having an easy effort in which, especially as ultra runners, but I mean, every runner in general should be doing the vast majority of their training. There's the 80% rule of easy training. So especially in the snow, that would be even more true. Yeah, I'd say so. I think that's a good analogy there, Russell. Um, one of the things they mention is uh, altering your gait. And I think that, you know, trail running versus road running you're already kind of altering your gait um, because you have to absolutely watch, watch where your foot falls rocks roots and all that and i think it's it's even more pronounced when you're running in the snow right because if you've got deep snow like you said post holing is not a very fun experience when you're when you're running in that type of stuff i try to have fun with it but that's uh, you you try to have fun with everything though so and i, I commend I you for that that's that's great <laughs> man i applaud you for that but yeah i think that you know the snow can obviously cover up hazards underneath um, and, and it can make things more slippery too. Like if there's logs or something like that, you know, if you're running on trails that hikers go on to, um, those logs, log surfaces can become slippery. So you may have to, you know, assess that log and say, well, maybe I'm going to just try to step over and I'm not going to step on it. Right. And so, yeah, altering gate, I think is important. It's going to help prevent injury too. Right. Hopefully. Absolutely. And so regardless of whether it's winter or not, I mean, I know we're talking about winter here, but it's also important to note that, yeah, your gait will always be different in trail running, no matter the season in comparison to road running. And so based on that, it's it couldn't be more important in preventing injury as well. I mean, in a millisecond, you could sustain an injury in trail. It, oh, yeah. it doesn't take much. <laughs> it, it, it almost happened to me last night. Uh, again, another run with uh, Luna and Piper. We're doing can across just around town hit up the rail trail and, and there's little gravel trails around town. So I try to stick to those, but there's portions of road. Anyhow, um, we're running uh, on a portion of gravel trail. It kind of divides the south and north part of the town, or runs north and south anyway. It doesn't really divide it. But um, out of nowhere, there was a patch of ice. And the dogs at this point had picked up their pace. I don't know if they got creeped out because it was nighttime, right? I had a headlamp with me and everything. And I don't know if maybe they smelled a rabbit, but all of a sudden they put on their turbo boosters. I'm like, Whoa, here we go. And then my right foot just went from under me and slipped up. And I thought I was going to fall backwards. And somehow I managed, like, I kind of skated with my feet as they pulled me. Had, had they not been pulling me, I would have totally wiped out because they were pulling so hard. I was just kind of like skiing behind them on the ice. And then I found my footing again. I wish somebody caught that on camera. It was absolutely amazing. It was it was it was incredible i thought i was done but i think they actually saved me by pulling me hilarious i wish i could have been there to see that i'm endlessly grateful that piper and luna saved you on that and that's one of the beauties of canacross running of the many beauties of that sport in which yeah. by the way now i i want to give a shout out because i don't think i i don't think we had a shout out uh and yeah, we did our end of year voice notes, but I want to give a, a shout out right now to you, Sean, for for planning and executing a tremendously successful can across event. And oh, thanks, I know I know that all of the participants enjoyed their experience. And and so the event for all of you to know, the event date this year is October 21. 
And so you should come out and attend Sean's Can Across event. No, oh, thanks, Russell. I really appreciate that. Yeah, um, I, I do mention it sometimes on the Instagram account for Trail Tales, but I have a Canadian Can Across Sports uh, Instagram account as well, where you can kind of stay up to date on on the races and stuff. So yeah, we are doing the Trails and Tales Classic, as it's called. That's a five and ten k uh, trail race with your dogs. Um, it's not a cross country; it's an actual trail race. Um, there's single, mostly single track, but there are some double track areas as well. Where people can can kind of pass and everything. Um, it was it was such a great event. We held it uh, November 26th of 2022, this year that just passed, and uh, we had great conditions. It was like nine degrees Celsius. Um, not much snow on the trails. A few days prior, we had some nasty weather. It was rainy and snowy, and we just got we just got lucky. So I decided that I'd bump it up by a month just to maybe hopefully have a little bit more consistent weather and not have to deal with ice and stuff. I don't want, I don't want ice. That's the biggest thing. Right. And, and November is kind of, kind of worrisome. If it, if it was, you know, a different kind of trail system, we might be able to get by doing it in the winter. Um, the only other option would be to wait till we have lots of snow down and do it that way as well, which, which we certainly could do. And I'm not leaving that out there. Um, yeah, but I do appreciate that. Russell it was my first uh, event as in the role of being a race director and uh, it went off absolutely perfect. And I couldn't have done it without the help from uh, Norm and Jody from Gotta Run Racing. Uh, they do the Gotta Run Racing podcast and they're race directors and they have some wonderful races here in Dufferin County. And um, they definitely gave me their time and energy and their expertise to help me kind of get things going and made it a lot easier for me. So thank you, Norm and Jody, for that. And uh, yeah, I got some other things uh, in the works, potentially um doing a spring race um but i'll leave all the details uh, under wraps right now because nothing is confirmed as of yet but uh, excited for that too so we'll have another race uh in the series here and got some other plans for canadian canada cross sports as well to to get people active and involved and yeah man it's lots of fun lots of fun and it's, it's a great winter sport i mean you can do it all year round but i think winter is kind of the peak season for us canada crossers so that's yeah, pretty good stuff have to get you out here, Russell, for one of the races and, and experience it. I'm very much so hoping that the timing could work for me to be there. That's a very strategic move and moving the event up to late October. I know that's when most marathon events happen. So that seems like perfect timing, especially for can across lovers. The trails will be in good conditions. Mm-hmm. Having five and both five and 10 kilometer options is those are accessible, good distances for many people to attend. And I know this past year was well-sponsored for you. So that's another tremendous success. And and having that expertise from Norm and Jody at Gotta Run Racing, I know they're seasoned veterans in, in planning and executing successful races and events. I'm very grateful you had their insight on, on how to successfully plan and execute your successful event thank you man yeah, i appreciate it yeah it's a it's a ton of fun and uh looking forward to doing it more and yeah we also had a just while we're still on topic here we had a, a fun run as well um that didn't require you know any can across gear people could just bring their dogs out with their leashes and collars and just you know they could walk they could run they could hike whatever but it was good exposure for them to see what can across is all about where the races were competitive and timed um yeah we had the smallest dog we had was a little shih tzu which was which was absolutely adorable and she ran she ran so good up the hills and everything and 
Oh, it was it was amazing. Yeah, yeah it was it was fun. fun that would have been an incredible sight to see. Oh yeah, I've got pictures up. Uh, I've got pictures up on on the Facebook uh, Trails and Tales Classic Facebook page. Literally a dog about this big. Yeah, yeah, a little lap dog <laughs> that... running running in the race with all the huskies and German short haired pointers, and there were so many dogs. There were you know there were there were mutt dogs, kind of like I like Piper runs, um, but the German short haired pointers. Um, were the most uh, represented dog on the podium. Red podium finishes in the in the top. That's amazing. In which, a massive shout out to Lowell, Dr. Lowell Grebe and his dog Tully on their five kilometer five kilometer championship win. Congrats yeah. to Tully and Lowell. Yeah, they they came in first place, well ahead of well ahead of uh, the competition, and uh, yeah, it was there were there were some fierce competitors out there. Some people showed up to race and win. It was it was really cool. Definitely, really cool in which that, that's yeah. that's amazing. I mean, so whether it's participants wanting to be competitive or p- participants wanting to come out and have a, a fun, enjoyable experience, those yeah. those are amazing. And I met Lowell at the Halliburton Forest Ultra. He was the medical director there, so it's amazing. I mean, as we know, our industry is always so interconnected. So it was amazing. He actually looked at after my first marathon loop at Halliburton Forest Ultra. He looked at. I just had a a mark below from, I had a, so going back to trail running, we can always have, you know, a little bit of a slip and fall, especially in wintry conditions. And he looked at my, I just had a mark just below my knee. And he said, yeah, as long as you're feeling good, you can keep going. And so it's amazing to see him show up to your event and, (laughs) and, and win (laughs) after he had assessed me at another event. No kidding. It is a small role. Thank you, Lowell. And congrats. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome man good stuff so yeah you know um falling down on trails can can certainly happen i know it's happened to me multiple times and um you know one of those things you need to do to kind of hopefully not not avoid it but maybe mitigate the risk is to know the trail you're running on right so that's that's one of the other tips that uh tori has um and tori goes on to say that it's excellent advice regardless of running on snow or dirt just kind of like we said um, just like planning a trail adventure, you know the conditions. When the snow covers our favorite single track, it looks like a majestic white blanket. Don't let nature's beauty fool you. Even if you have run a route hundreds of times, uh, the snow in its varying conditions will require extra caution. That part of the trail, uh, you could bomb downhill uh, when it's covered with snow. That route is now a brand new trail, and you don't you don't really know, right? You could be uh, inadvertently going off trail, right? And if if you're if you're in a hilly area or maybe cliffs or whatever, you'd want to be extra careful. You don't want to have a big fall or anything like that from a height. So knowing the trail. And then of course, uh, lastly, uh, your cadence. Um, Tori goes on to say that a faster cadence may not only help reduce the risk of injury. It may keep you upright when running in the snow Uh, with your feet staying lower to the ground, you shorten your stride and quicken your cadence. And that kind of gives you more adaptability, I guess, as, as the conditions are so variable out there, as opposed to, you know, maybe running a nice trail, a flat trail section where you can kind of go all out, um, having that short stride and, and quicker, quicker footstep will help you maybe correct when you need to. Most definitely. It all depends on the terrain that you're running on and what's feasible. Certainly flat, flat, non-technical trail is obviously easier to increase your pace and your leg stride. But 
if you're going up a, a hill or even a mountain, for example, you certainly want to be depending on your skill or ability level, but most the vast majority of people would be hiking that with a shorter stride, undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah. I think I think a lot of that, and I don't want to say it, you know, with hundred percent certainty, but I think a lot of that is just natural. We make those adaptations based on the conditions we're running in without the kind of subconscious adaptations, I think, right? Definitely. I know, for example, I did the Mount, uh, it was the Hope Pass, the Mount Hope Pass Trail Half Marathon. And it was a half marathon with over 3,300 feet of elevation gain. And so that's a steep half marathon, obviously. But so it all depends on your ability level. Still, my goal was to go sub two and a half hours. And I was just able to make it in 228. But so that involved me running up some steep grade, obviously, mm-hmm. in order to make the time. But we all have different ability levels. So I saw many other amazing people out there just hiking up the hill. And that's phenomenal. At the end of the day, you can all you can have your goals. But with that being said, it's literally you have to know what your ability level is. But the main thing is just to go out and have fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's that's it, man. I think that's what most of us do is we just want to go out and have fun, and that's why we keep going back and, and punishing ourselves with these with these with these runs and ultras and and things like that, and running in these winter conditions because it's fun. It is fun, and I I love running in the winter. I've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again. Winter is my favorite season to run in. Um, it's just the beauty of it and the the silence sometimes, and you know just being out there it really helps with those winter blues. You know, sometimes you get that, that seasonal affective disorder and everything and you can feel kind of down. And I find that, you know, being out there in, in the winter and, and spending time outdoors really helps combat that. It really does. Certainly mental health challenges can happen during winter time, the shorter days, the, the increased darkness of hours. So from that, certainly going out for a run, as you said so well, Sean, it it can help combat those mental health challenges and 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 help us still find some dopamine, even though there's plenty of dark hours in these months. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Russell, it's been great catching up with you again. Happy New Year to everybody. We're gonna sign off right now, but we will be back later this month. And we're gonna have Hannah Sign on the show, who's a, a Canadian ultra runner, and she's a gym owner, and she's local to Shelburne, and she is from Australia originally, and uh, she's just a wonderful, great person. Can't wait to have her on the show. She's got lots of great stories um, from her running, and uh, looking forward to having her. So we will be back in a few weeks with Hannah. Very much so. Looking forward to having Hannah on the show. She's been. Her running journey is incredibly inspirational and we'll, we'll have an, an amazing chat. So make sure that you tune in and, and, and hear our episode on with, with regards to Hannah's inspirational journey. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw this, uh, this podcast up on YouTube. So if people want to watch us chat, uh, they can do that too, but it'll also be available on Spotify and Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts rather, and wherever else you can get podcasts, Google, all those places. Um, until then, Russell, run wild, my friend. Run wild. Run wild, everyone. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year.
And that's a wrap on this episode of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast from Sean Solbon and Russell the Runner. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tales underscore ARP. Check out our YouTube channel at Trail Tales ARP. And you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Catch you next time. Run wild. Back. Mirror breaks after math When I hate, I adopt